Kosinski. Hallelujah. I want to start off by just saying thank you to everybody who came yesterday. Um, and it was good to see all you energetic people and, and, you know, doing lots of stuff in the garden yesterday. So thank you so much for everybody who came. God bless you. The guys were impressed by you and and I, I heard some of you sharing the gospel with them that was great great stuff guys god bless you and i think for me that was the highlight of the day when i heard some of you guys preaching to them and telling them about jesus telling them how jesus could intervene into their lives and i had a very interesting conversation going on between kerry and one of the guys and i just wow Praise God. So I was just painting behind, just listening to their conversations. I thought, this is great. And I went somewhere else, and I had somebody else talking to the person about Jesus. And I thought, this is, this is what it's about. While we work, you know, we preach. And I heard Sunday give a lesson on, on depth and soil. Maybe you should teach that one of, the day, one of these days. The deeper you go, the richer it becomes. Where, where, where are you? I'm looking for... Where is she? Oh, I can't see her now. Who was getting the lesson? Oh, maybe she's gone outside. And, and, and uh, it, I, Irene, where is she? She's, she's, she's gone. I, I know she's here. She's outside. All right, okay. And it was just a powerful lesson. I was just listening there, just digging. <laughs> Say, wow, let the, let the soil teach. You know, um, it's, it's powerful. And, and I could... I could I could l see the joy. Ah, oh, there she is. You know, they were having some nice Bible study with Sunday while they were digging and seeing the soil change its color as it, go, as it went deeper. And, and I just want to say to somebody, you need to go deeper. Tell your neighbor, go deeper. I want to finish off a sermon that I started two weeks ago. And I, I ended up at point number eight. So those, were, those of you that did not come to the night vigil uh, our last night vigil, you need to come you need next time or you need to go look for the, for the audio or the video. It's an audio now that, that's there. And you can see point number one to seven. But I ended up at point number eight and I said we need to be a people that pray and study the word of God if we are going to seek God and find him. And I want to go deeper on that point as, as I promised on that night. And, and I just want to say to us today you need to pray to prepare and to preach amen. amen prayer preparation preach yeah and 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 this is just what i want to talk about you see the more we seek god the more we must end up doing these things we must pray we must prepare and we must preach amen and 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 I want you to have this in your heart and have this in your spirit that the whole essence of all the things we are talking about is that we must be able to come to that place where we can continue praying, continue preparing, and continue preaching. Amen. It's three things. 
And why should we do this? Because we are in a season where God is calling us to return. He's calling us to return to the foundational things, to the basic things that He desires us to be in. He desires that we walk closer to Him. He desires that we have relationship with Him. Amen. This is why, you know, the woman that, that did all that she could. Remember last week? The woman did all that she she could. It was about having a relationship with Jesus. You do all that you can to have a relationship with Jesus because it is the relationship with Jesus that opens up the blessing. More than the blessing you seek is the relationship that makes the difference. Amen. It's the relationship that makes the, that made Abraham obedient until he was, he was, he was his name was initially Abraham. And, and after the relationship got stronger, God says, you know, you shall now be called Abraham. Why? Because there's a blessing. There's a relationship that turns into blessing. The more you relate with God, the deeper you go with God, the stronger the relationship and the more God will add onto your life. Besides, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall be added. So all the things that you need, they will be added if you first have the number one thing. And the number one thing is a relationship with God. God is number one priority. Amen. God must be number one, always. And, and so God desires that we grow in, in relationship with Him. And as we seek Him in this period, God has spoken of a revival. He's promised the revival. The revival is on. But as the revival is sweeping and moving on, you need to pray, to prepare, and to preach. Prayer, number one, is the fuel that fuels our relationship with God. Every relationship needs conversation. Relationship needs, to, relationship needs communication. And prayer is the mode of communication with God. It is the way we draw intimacy with God. You see, the more I talk with my wife, the closer we get. And in the end, I even know what she's going to say before she says it. Why? Because we've been talking and we continue to talk. The moment we stop talking, we will drift apart. Amen. Like some of you have not spoken to your wife one week. By the time you have to start again, it's like you're starting everything over again. And this is why I tell those of you that are married, you know, there is no price for communication. Put it on your budget and call your wife every day. Call your husband every day. Don't say I'm saving money. Saving on what? On conversation with your husband. Save money in other ways, not on calling your... <laughs> Amen. Amen. Buy less clothes and call your husband more. It will save you from the pitfalls. Nowadays, there is WhatsApp and there is uh, Skype. Invest in internet back home so that you can call him. Here, the internet is okay. Invest there. Talk to each other every day. Amen. Talk how many days? Every day. Not after two days, then I call him. No, every day. Because intimacy comes out of conversation. Amen. Intimacy comes out of conversation. Real conversation. Hear his voice and he, she hears your voice. 
Not text message. Text message has no voice. Email has no voice. Amen. People can say whatever they want on text messages and WhatsApp. But when you call, you say the right things. Because you cannot dare say the wrong thing. Yes or no? <laughs> so, if there's anything you need to put on your budget, for those of you that have wives and husbands away, is, is make sure you have conversation on your budget. And there is no excuse. Buy less bread if you must, but make sure you call each other every day. Even if it's to speak for one minute, make the call. Amen. Amen. So conversation that we have with God in prayer fuels our relationship. This is why God desires that we pray, that we come to Him in prayer. It's not just a church ritual. It's a relationship fueler. Amen. It's what causes us to get closer to God. It's what causes us to get nearer to Him. And so you must generate and develop your ability to converse with God, your ability to talk to God and to speak to God and to stay in His presence. Prayer does that. It charges our battery. You know, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he, you know, he says, He who speaks in a tongue speaks in an unknown tongue and does not speak to men but speaks directly to God and God understands him and, and, and he edifies himself. He edifies himself. So when you come into the presence of God and you pray, when you come into the time where you pray to God, you build yourself up. You charge yourself up. And when you get to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you, besides we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit knows what we ought to pray. Romans chapter 8 and chapter 12. You, you, you find that the Holy Spirit then helps us in our inability to pray. And the Holy Spirit knows how to call Abba Father, Romans chapter 8. He helps us to call and to cry out to God, Abba Father, intimacy. Prayer brings us closer to God and charges us. You find strength in the place of prayer. You find hope in the place of prayer. I go into a time of prayer, having gone through a rough moment, and I know I come out with hope. I come out knowing that it is possible. I come out knowing that God will make a way. I come out knowing that God is going to be there for me. Why? Because it's in the place of prayer where I can exchange my burden and take on the burden of Christ. Besides, he says, come to me all you that are weak and heavy laden. Come and give your burden to me. Take my yoke for my yoke is light. We can go to Jesus and we go to him in prayer. That's why the singer sang, what a friend we have in Jesus. Take it all to him in, in prayer. You can take all your issues to him in prayer and he takes them off your shoulders and he replaces it with his joy, his peace, his help, his strength. And where you may have been weak, you come out strong. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How do we wait upon the Lord? We do that in prayer. We do that in prayer, and it's, the, it's in prayer where we begin to trust God 
So you must be a people that pray. Amen. Amen. We need to be a people that pray. We need to desire to find moments to pray. To pray as an individual. To pray as families. To pray as a church. Pray as a unit. As a department. Pray. Find time to pray. Make time to pray. Pray as an individual. Go out. Skip your lunch because you're praying. Sleep late because you were praying, not watching a movie. Wake up early to pray because you want to get closer to God. We are in a period of revival and in this, it says we are going to sustain what God is doing now. We need to be a people of prayer. Prayer connects our burdens upon uh, us with God and our burdens go upon His heart and He releases us so that we can be able to carry on with the work that he desires us to do. Joel chapter 2, verse, nine, verse 15 to 19, you will find that, that God was calling them to, to pray. He calls them to pray. And, and he says, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Come and weep between the old porch and the altar. He was calling them to pray. We have been called to pray. We are praying, but I want it to be embedded in your own heart that you as an individual must answer the call to pray. So pray. Amen. Be a person of prayer. And, and what were they going to pray in Joel chapter 2? They were going to say, spare thy people, O God. Do not leave us to be a ridicule and to be laughed upon. Do not leave us in our trouble. Remember us, O God. That was their prayer. And God answered them. And he said, if you go to verse 19, yes, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, behold, I will send you corn. I will oil and oil and you shall be satisfied therewith and I will not and I'll not leave you to be a reproach among the heathen I will not leave you to be laughing stock among your enemies I will deal with your enemies that's what God is saying but the people had to pray first and then God began to answer they gave their burden to God and God gave them an answer God gives answers when we pray He's, a, he's an answering God. He's not dead. He's not deaf. He's not a wooden image. He's not a stone. He answers when we call. Amen. But we must go to him in prayer. We must go to him in prayer. And there's never a moment to stop. We just keep going. Why? Because prayer is the fuel of the conversation, of the relationship. Amen. Prayer fuels our intimacy with God. Number two is to prepare. And when I talk about prepare, I'm talking about the word. You need to go into the word. You need to have some meat on your bone. You need to have some depth. Amen. You need to have some depth. We don't want to people be people that are just scrapping the surface. Let's have some depth. And let's go into the word. Let's dig into the word. To get depth. Amen. Get into the word to get depth. Don't just be a shallow Christian. Don't just be the sandy soil. Be the rich brown soil. And go even deeper and become the rich black soil. You know the deeper you go. The, 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 when you see the soil. Where it's really become black and, and dark. And, and you know here it's fertile. That's the soil you want. Because there, when the seed goes on it, it will germinate. 
And, and it's the same thing. We must desire to go deeper, to get deeper in God's word. Prepare yourself. Go into the word. Read the word. Read it for reading's sake. Say, Pastor, how do I start? Just read it for reading's sake. Doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. There will come a day where you will get understanding. Study it. You know, one time I wanted to understand. See, I always saw pastors do all kinds of things when they were healing people or when they were praying for people. And I thought, is this in the Bible? So I went into the Bible and started looking for, for those things. How did Jesus heal? Sometimes he just commanded. Sometimes he laid hands. Sometimes he spat on the ground and made that. And I said, if I were to do that one in church, people would never come for you. But I saw Jesus do this. Did all kinds of things. And I began to understand. And so the next time I was confronted with somebody who needed to be prayed for, I started to think, well, Jesus, you had many options. Sometimes you call the person close to you. Should I call this one close? Sometimes you just shouted something. Sometimes you rebuke the devil. Sometimes you ask some questions. So all these things, I can now choose from the options. Sometimes you spat on the ground and made a mixture. What should I do with this one who has come for prayer? Why am I able to have those options? Because I've been preparing by reading the word. So prepare. Prepare. I wanted to learn about finances. So I went and bought a book that's called A Concordance and looked for the word finance, and every scripture that had something to do with money, I was reading. Why? Because I'd heard a lot of preachers who were preaching prosperity gospel. When you come to Jesus, you will get rich. So I wanted to understand, does, is this really what the Bible says? I started to learn, realize, no, 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 there's a disconnect, because there are many that are now abusing the church. And I could also abuse you. Yeah. You must read the word so that you are not abused. But more importantly, that you are prepared for the kingdom. You are prepared for the work of God. Amen. You are prepared for your everyday life. You need the word in your day to day. You, you should be able to speak the word in everything you do. You should be able to, to apply the word while you are standing by your machine or standing by, 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 by your, working by your desk. Be able to apply the word because the word is applicable in every situation of our lives. Whatever you're doing, there is a word that can apply for you and you should be able to find that word. But it comes by you going into the word. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2 to 3 Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 to 3. This is somebody that, I, that, I, that inspires me so much. And, and the Bible says of Daniel in verse 2, it says, In the first year of his reign, this is of the reign of Darius, I, Daniel, understood by books. Understood by books. What was he reading? He was reading the scriptures. He was reading the scriptures. He was reading the book of Jeremiah. It was not just any book. It was the Bible. <laughs> he was reading the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah had written and had prophesied. So Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah. I know some of you have not read the book of Jeremiah. Who has not read the book of Jeremiah yet? Go ahead and read it. Just read it. Just find out what was Jeremiah all about. Some have called Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Why was he called the weeping prophet? Go ahead and find out. 
And so this guy had written the, 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 the Bible. Daniel was now reading it many years later. He's reading it. And Daniel says, I understood by the books the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. This is like 70 or so years after, a bit more, after Jeremiah had written it, that now Daniel was reading it. But Daniel was now saying, we have been in exile for about 70 years. It's time for God's word to be fulfilled. But he was reading his word. He had the word. Paul writes to Timothy and says to Timothy, my son, study to make yourself approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed. Ashamed of what? Ashamed of the word. So that you can rightly divide or rightly speak or rightly teach the word of God. You must study. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, right Sunday? You must study and know the word so that you will not be ashamed. This is why some of you are now going around, God helps those who help themselves. Where is that in the Bible? You should be ashamed to quote things that are not in the Bible and say they are in the Bible. <laughs> I've heard many, Pastor, the Bible says, hey, which Bible are you reading? Show me the reference. They don't even know where it is, but the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Guys, we are in a season where we must know the word of God. Know it. Know that it's there. And if it's not there, don't talk about it. Tell those that are saying it's there, it's not there. And if you don't know whether it's there or it's not there, go and search and ask others. I once had one guy who said, ah, you are the one who reads the Bible all the time. Let, do you know there's this and this and this? Says, which, which, where did you find that from? This guy is not even a Christian, but he knew there was something in the Bible. So I had to be checking with him to say, come on, let me show you. And this is what it means. So that you don't go around abusing what the Bible is saying. And also say, look, I don't know, but I'll come back to you. It's also allowed. I don't know, but I'll come back to you. And go and prepare and come back and speak the truth. Amen. Do you hear me, church? In a period of revival, the one thing that's also, that is very important is that we have the right foundation. And that foundation is the word of God. So we must be a people that pray and we must be a people that are prepared. And you prepare by going into the word. Our zeal must be with understanding. Revival is exciting, but revival will be short-lived if there is no word. I know it's lying nice when you feel the goosebumps and the fire and the anointing throws you on the ground, but unless you have the word of God, it's all just a nice moment. But we need something that lasts forever, amen. We need something that impacts the society forever. And the thing that's going to be forever is the word of God. Because it's tried and tested. And why God says my word will not go unfulfilled. His word over your life and the word over your neighbor, the word over the city will not go unfulfilled. Why? Because God has exalted his word. He's made it so important 
So if God has made his word so important that he says, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will always be there. That's how important God has made it. What more? How much more should you know that? You should know the word. Tell your neighbor, know the word. Get into the word. So you can read it. You can study it. You can meditate upon it. You can listen to it. You can discuss it with others. You can ask questions about it. Whatever you do, get into the word. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor again, get into the word. Find a word. Once upon a time, me and my, my six friends that I grew up with, we said, every time we write a letter to each other, put a scripture to it. It was in those days when we used to write letters and lick the stamp and put it on the envelope. Before email, we didn't even have email. We didn't even know how to put email address. But we, we just said, you know what? If you're going to go and buy an envelope for 20 cents and a stamp for 50 cents and put it on there and you're going to take this A4 sheet of paper and write me a letter, please put a scripture in it. So we, when we went on holiday, you were expectant of getting at least six or so letters with scriptures. So you know what? I, was, I went to football. The Bible says, bodily exercise profiteth a little. So I went to, you know, and this is, this is, we're just writing a letter. And we looked into the way Peter or, or Paul would start his letters. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. That's how we started our letters. Not, not just a dear, ask my wife. She got a couple of those. Before the romance came in, it was grace and peace. Be multiplied unto you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light? Let there be a scripture. And when she would read it, she would say, yes, this is the husband to have. If he knows where to start, it starts with the scripture. Hallelujah. Then it ends, I love you, my sweetheart. Get into the word. It helped us to find the word and I apply the word in everything whatsoever your hand finds to do do it with all thy might I don't do things half half yesterday we're preaching a sermon with Sunday Ernest was ready to go where are you Ernest he was ready to go I've pushed enough wheelbarrows so I just said to Sunday you know some things we need to finish Better the end of a matter than the beginning. And if a thing is not finished, it's not finished. It's never better. <laughs> and how much rejoicing was there when you had finished? Sebastian, where is he? You could see. And, and where is Gilbert? You could see that they were happy. They had finished their task. Where is Irene? You finished your task. But we were there. Another 30 minutes. Why? Because better the end of a matter than the beginning. And you want to look back and say, I've run my race. I finished my course. <laughs> so get into the word. It applies everywhere. I get into the office and I sit down, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. I open my computer and we start working. Work while it is day, for the night comes when no man can work. And you know what? I hate working at night. 
So I tried to do as much as, and let me work at night because it couldn't be finished during the day. Not because I was not doing anything during the day. The word is applicable everywhere. And I have people, ah, why, why do you do what you do? Say, I do this because I have the word behind me. Amen. Amen. So church, get into the word. The last one I want to, to encourage you on is preach. Is preach. And Jesus speaking to them in Mark 16 says, Go ye into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. So if the people are not listening, preach it to the trees. And the grass, and there is enough grass and trees here. Preach to those things. One day, go and preach to the flowers that they buy. When they will smell them, they will start thinking, where is God? Preach to the creatures. Go in to the world and preach. Revival is for the creatures. Beginning with us human beings, it must infiltrate into to everything that we do. Why? Because all things were made to show forth the glory of God. And so as God is touching our lives and lifting us up, revival is about you being lifted up. He's going to revive the things concerning you. Going to revive your finances and revive your home and revive your marriage and revive your health and revive your relationships and revive your job and revive your business. God is reviving all these things. He's also reviving the fact that souls must be saved. That souls must come to the Lord. That people must come to know that God reigns and God is alive and God must be their number one. God is infiltrating the city. He is infiltrating the city. He's touching people. I am expectant of what's going to happen here, the Wagengen revival. God has started. He's doing it. He's doing it. When I heard yesterday, when I saw how people were talking to the guys at, in, in the garden, I know God is hitting the city, bringing in his salvation into the city. And we must continue preaching. As God touches your life, let your life preach. Your life must preach. Whether you are saying something or not saying something, your life must preach preach. Preaching is not only standing here at the pulpit. I'm the only one who's supposed to stand here. You guys must preach outside. Amen? Where are you guys supposed to preach? Your pulpit is outside, not in church. So I hope you're not waiting for the day pastor will put you on the schedule to stand here. I will not. You must preach outside. When I hear you preaching outside, then you can come and preach inside. But preach outside because God says preach to all the creatures. There are few creatures in here. The creatures to preach are outside. The people that must come here outside. My job is to encourage you. Yours is to go out and preach and bring them in. We will do this together. But we must preach. You must share with your life. Let your life be a testimony. Let your life be just a testimony. Just them looking at you, let that be enough to say, we want to know what is with this guy. Just them watching you. You know, people are watching. They are watching. I was surprised how people will come and say, thank you for being or doing what you did the other day. And you think, what did I do? And then what sobers me up is what about all the other things they are not thanking me for? The ones they tell you it's okay. 
it's, it was good. Hopefully. <laughs> but what about the other ones? They don't tell you. Make sure that your life is one good Bible to read. Because you may be the only Bible that some will read. Did you hear me, church? You may be the only Bible that some will read. And so I pray that you are a living Bible. You're living the word. And you're preaching the word just by you go. Just by the way you look. By the way you present yourself. By the way you smile. And the way you don't smile. Let it be preached. Let it be preaching. Let people still see Jesus through it all. Let your conduct be such as Jesus is magnified. Let your lifestyle be such as Jesus is glorified. Desire to, to show Jesus through you. And then when you open your mouth, speak the goodness of God. So the story I was telling you about why we were writing scriptures to each other. You see, because the more we did this to each other, the easier it was to start doing it to others also who were not amongst us. Instead of putting scripture there. Drop a scripture. Say, what does that mean? Ah, let me explain to you. It is from the Bible. And then you found your platform. But whatever you do, guys, this is a period of revival. If we're going to harvest and harness what God has started, the word must go out. Don't keep it inside of you. Read it, pray, and go and preach. The other word you could put around preaching is practice. Go and practice. Somebody sick comes, sick comes to you, say, you know what, let me lay hands on you. I read somewhere in the Bible that if we lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. Let me lay my hand on you, and I'll pray for you, and you'll be healed. Practice it. Try it, and God will surprise you. God will surprise you. I once tried it one time. Somebody was saying, I've got, a, got a, some, some sickness. And, and, and they came to me, and, they, and I, I was afraid. So let me call some of my friends who I know can pray and say, look, I've come to you because I believe you can pray for me. So we went away to a secret place. Sometimes you may also need to go to a secret place. Went to a secret place. Before I knew, the guy was kneeling down before me. Then I thought, well, Jesus laid hands upon them, and they were healed. Say, go ye into all the world, and, and, and preach the gospel, and pray for the sick. So I laid my hand on him. It was a bit shaking because it was, but I'm going to try anyway. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and I prayed some very short prayer. Before I knew the guy was standing up, I thought, now what's wrong with this guy? He says, I'm healed. I'm healed. And after that day, I remember that so vividly. I could even take you to the rock where we hid to pray. It's in the mountains of Penalonga in Manikaland in Zimbabwe. I can take you there. But after that experience, I've never been afraid to lay hands and pray for somebody again. Why? Because I dared to try what I found in the Bible. Somebody was, was, was manifested a demon one time. And of course, you know, some demons make you afraid. And I thought, but Jesus one time was praying for the legion and says, go out. Go in it. So you just command. And after I commanded, I saw this thing has obeyed me all. And then you know that his word works. And all you need is to put it to practice. 
stuck not having enough money for something. And I understood that God can provide and he can make a fish somewhere in the river to have enough money for you to pay for the taxes you need. That's what he said to Peter. Go and fish, you will catch a fish and in there you will find money in the fish. Go and pay your taxes and pay mine too. Understood that. Say, God, here I am, stuck. I need this amount of money. And who knows? Somebody out of nowhere comes with just the amount of money you need. So I know that if I can pray and practice his word, God is ready to answer. And he has always answered. The other day, not so long ago, I needed to, to pay, not, not pay, I needed to give a special offering somewhere. And I was saying, but God, when I looked at the budget, you know, Herbert's budget, I looked at it and I thought, if I go to Herbert and I say, Herbert, I need a thousand euro out of this, he's going to say, Pastor, you are already well overspent. And he's got a couple of other pending bills. What, how am I going to get through this? Somebody just came and said, Pastor, today I want to thank God. I want to give a special offering. I had been praying, say, Lord, I just cannot miss this opportunity to soar into this as a church. Somebody comes up after church, Pastor, I've got to give you this. It's a special offering. I open it and I say, thank you, Jesus. I know you work. You answer just at the right moment. We're not going to miss the blessing as a church. Why? Because you've moved someone somewhere to come. So I don't need Herbert. All I need to do is, Herbert, please take this money and transfer it to that account. In the name of Amazing Grace Parish. It does not affect your budget, so don't ask me questions. Why I know my God can intervene in situations. But we need to practice the word. Tell your neighbor, practice the word. So we pray, we prepare, and we practice. We need to put the word into action. And we will see people turning to the Lord. We will see people turning to the Lord. It was even also the way we got evangelist Jan Zilstra to come here some years ago. People say, ah, you can't get evangelist Jan Zilstra. He's too far. He's too busy. So I'm just going to try. I'm trusting God that people should come to the Lord. We're going to try. And it happened. And some people got healed, got delivered. Why? Because that was us preaching putting the word of God into practice. And you also can see and have testimonies in your life. But we need to come to a place where we put God's word into practice. So preach, we are called to show the world God's goodness. We must show God's goodness to the world. Let your life shine. You are a light that must shine. You are put on top. Shine. Tell your neighbor, shine. Shine, let Jesus shine through you. And, and number two, num number two is our lives must be good examples. We must be worthy of emulation, worthy of being copied. Let people want to copy you for your joy, for your stability, and for your happiness, and for your gladness, and for the way you do things, the way you clean your windows. Let them want to copy you. The way you do things, be, be somebody who can be copied. Amen. Let people walk into your house and, and start to ask you, how do you do this? And how do you, how do you get this? Let them want to copy you. Why? Because you're living a life that's worth copying. You're an example. You're called to be an example. 
And it's you being an example that will open doors for you to let Jesus be known. Amen. And, and, and we must, our words must also shine. Our words must be truthful. Speak the truth. And our words must be full of hope. Be somebody who shows that there is hope in life. Do you have hope? Do you have hope? The Bible says we are saved by hope. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 talks about the hope of God that is shared abroad in our hearts. God's love has shared this hope abroad in us. And so by that hope we must speak. Things may be tough, but I have hope. Things may not be easy, but I have hope. I may not have everything I need, but I have hope. The exam is coming, but I have hope. The bills are coming, but I have hope. And speak hope. Speak about hope. Let your words be full of hope because you have a God that makes a way where there is no way. You have a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever think, ask, or imagine. So you have hope. You have God who is on your side who says, if God be for me, who can be against me? You have hope. So speak that hope. He has not left us to be alone. But he's with us. His name is Emmanuel. I have hope. The battle might be raging, but the battle is not mine. Because, and my God is a winner. His name is Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah my banner. Jehovah's, Jehovah Sabbath. He's God of my breakthrough. You have hope. So as long as you have God... Speak hope. Amen. And the one way to raise hope in your life is to have the word. Have the word. So in this season of revival, make sure your words are encouraging and sound. It's not saying you, 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 become, you become blind to the situation around you, but you have hope. And that hope steers us on that hope keeps me going i don't know what the future holds but i have god and as long as i have god with me it's going to be okay because somehow somewhere god will open a door it may take longer than i thought but i have hope why because god always comes through david says i was young and now i'm old but i've never seen the righteous forsaken I have hope. So speak the hope. Amen. Speak the hope. You are the light of the world. But if you are going to be speaking darkness, then the world has no hope at all. What chance does the world have when you who has Jesus cannot show that Jesus, cannot show the light? You must show the light. Hallelujah. I may be sick on the bed, but I'll still preach. Why? Because I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. In every situation, every circumstance, I have hope. Can you rise up to pray with me? I have hope. I want you to pray a simple prayer to say, Father, help me to be a person of prayer, a person of preparation, a person who is in the word.
And I pray also that, Lord, help me to be able to preach, to be able to share my life and show forth the hope of God. I just want you to make that prayer. Just, just pray for yourself that, Lord, help me to pray, preach, and prepare. I know some of us may need to pray more about the preparation in the Word. Some of us may need to pray more about the preaching. Some of us may need to pray more about the praying itself. But whatever you do, pray for yourself. Ask God to just graze you, increase you in one of these areas in the name of Jesus. In your intimacy with God, let there be fuel that, that, that fuels your relationship with God. Let you get deeper in the Word. Get deeper in the Word. Get to know the Word more. Pray to say, Father, help me, Lord God Almighty, to be able to preach boldly, to be able to give hope to a hopeless world in the name of Jesus. My God, my Lord, we pray. Oh, you need to do all that you can to be able to get stronger with the Lord. Pray and say, Father, help me to do all that I can to grow deeper in my prayer life, to go deeper in my, in my word life, to go deeper in my preaching. In my practice of the word, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pray that, Lord, help me, Lord Jesus, to go deeper in the word, to go deeper with you, O Lord, in the word, in the name of the Lord Jesus, my God. God, I pray, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray for anybody who says, I want to get more intimate with God. Some says, I need to get more intimate with God, especially in the part of, about prayer, in the place of your prayer, in the place of your prayer. So with our eyes closed, if you say, I need to get more closer to God in the place of my prayer, just raise your hand. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us in the place of prayer. He's the one who's helped me. He says, you do not know how you, how you ought to pray. But I help you in your weakness. He helps us in our weakness because He knows how to pray in the will according to the will of the lord father i thank you for these that raise their hands right now i pray that heavenly father god oh holy spirit you will arise upon us right now and you will fill us with a desire and a hunger to pray fill us with a desire a hunger a passion for prayer a passion for your house a passion to be in the place where you are. To be in the place, oh God, where you dwell. I pray that God, Jehovah, you will lift us up, oh God, over the limitations. I pray for a change of mindset and a change of heart. That Jehovah, they will rise up, Lord Jesus, to get closer to you. That Father, Lord, as they draw near to you, my God, fulfill your word that you say you will draw near to us. 
I pray, my God, that Jehovah, they will be intimate, Lord. They will get to hear you in the place of prayer as, they, as you hear them. Hear them, Lord God. Lord, may they hear you too. May their ears be open. May their hearts be open. May they feel the warmth of your presence. May they feel the touch of your presence, Holy Spirit. I pray that you will visit them, Lord, even beginning today in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And in that place of prayer, I pray they'll receive strength to go out. Pray that they'll receive strength to go out and apply your word and strength to go out and declare your glory and declare your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Let's give our offering.